Welcome to One Great Conversation. Our guest today is Emily. Emily is a principal psychologist and co-founder at Get Mentally Fit. She is most passionate about proactively guiding clients and organizations through the beneficial process of developing preventive and practical skills that enhance sustainable mental well-being. Emily effectively integrates positive psychology, neuroscience, cognitive behavioral therapy, mental toughness and resilience, habit forming, and mindfulness within her evidence-based practice. Emily is also our EAP provider at Lux's Greats, where full-time team members have access to sessions with her throughout the calendar year when extra support is required navigating life's different challenges and hurdles. It was so great chatting with Emily on this episode, and I really hope you get as much from it as I did. Listen in and hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate that you said yes to coming on to this podcast of ours, One Great Conversation. A few of us already have you know, been aware that you're our EAP at Lux's Greats. So that's a really awesome service that we have where full-time team members can access up to three sessions a year to focus on their wellness, you know, get on track with any challenges they might have. So yeah, we're really grateful for that. And yeah, we recently had our pump-up session. So basically that's where we come together after our Christmas break. We reset our goals for the year Um, And in saying that, because it's on topic, I wanted to know how do you go about setting your goals for the year? What's your sort of process? Is that something that you do? Well, no. Okay, all right. Wasn't expecting that. No, you're probably mortified to hear that I don't do a lot of goal setting. Okay. I teach a lot of goal setting. Cool. My kind of, I guess, ethos is around job life satisfaction and building habits to support that. So I'm very much in the space of designing behaviour and designing habits that will support the life that I'm trying to live. But when it comes to goal setting, completely appreciate it. It's just kind of not totally my thing. Sure. I do, we do kind of in our business set a lot of, I guess, we've got programs that we run and things like that. So we timeline and time box lots of things and then we project plan them that way. But on an individual basis, when it comes to goal setting, I find hope mapping to be the best kind of form of encapsulating everything that you need in order to achieve your goals so people will be very familiar with smart goals hopefully yes yes, that's what we do here that's what you do there excellent what's kind of missed in a lot of sense of just doing just sort of using that acronym of smart goals is identifying obstacles that may kind of get in the way and also identifying your strengths that are going to support you and the people that are going to support mm. you and then also identifying what what kind of reward are you going to have for achieving your sure. goals. So Dr Shane Lopez, he's developed this hope map, which I've kind of embellished slightly yes. and put some, put some other bits too, that sort of really tries to get you to dissect your goals. Oops, sorry. All good. Just smash the, <laughs> yeah. the microphone. And really think about, you know, what are your pathways, what are your strategies, to achieve your goals what are your obstacles and and when I say who's going to support you also thinking about it from the obstacle perspective of who may sabotage you oh Um, think about that yeah (laughs) so I'll give you a really good example with that a personal example was trying to get up in the morning and walk the dog and exercise more and I've got a friend and we gave her the nickname of Jom which is just one more uh, at the end of the night, we'd be getting up to go and she'd go, oh, just one more, 
just have one more. Oh, so we'd say right. to her, no, I'm not going to be John tonight. So you kind of got to think about sure. <laughs> all the obstacles that may come up yeah. and the yeah. people that may kind of get in your way as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit encompassing. I guess you can look at it as a little bit drawn out in the goal setting process, but it really does kind of make you think about everything to assist you achieve your goals. True. Mm. And yeah, I can see how what you do and the practices that you do give depth to the goal setting. So it's not just about the goal setting, but it's setting yourself up to win in other facets with yeah the habits and making sure you've got the good people around you, block out the noise of the joms that you speak yes, of. Yeah. Um, like I know we can even be our own jom because... You can go, oh, it's so comfy and warm in bed. Oh, I'll just sleep in this morning. Yes. What's one day going to matter? Yes. So that little voice can also be, you know, the undoing. Yeah, completely, yeah. completely. And how are you going to manage that? What are you going to do yeah. in that situation? How are you going to yeah. get past that? Because when it comes to goal setting, if you don't identify those obstacles, then when you come up against them, you're going to just stop. Sure. And give up, yeah. maybe. So if you can kind of think about what could happen mm. and what are you going to do as a kind of strategy or a contingency plan, then it's going to help you stick to the goal. Definitely. And I think that involves being true to ourselves, like just being completely honest with, okay, we've been around ourselves for probably long enough to know the types of little habits, you know, whether we take a little shortcut here or we go, oh, you know, I won't do that today or whatever. Like just be honest about the things that you know might show up Mm -hmm. and then you're a bit more prepared to be able to face those things to then reach your goal. Yeah. Totally. Totally. (laughs) And yeah, that actually goes into my next question. So considering we have competing priorities, personal and professional challenges and that sort of thing, this is one that Tim really wanted to know for the team. So what type of mind fitness training is easy to achieve for us in the workplace? Like if you had to pick one thing that you think would sort of generally be pretty good for most people. Yeah, of course. I think the one kind of exercise that has resonated with a lot of our clients is what we call mindful gaps. And this was developed by Dr. Adam Fraser. He calls it the third space. He's got a book called The Third Space. Awesome. And if you go onto YouTube, he's got a number of videos and he's got one of those cool cartoon fast-paced videos to explain the concept but effectively what he's talking about is the transition and the gap that we have in between meetings interactions Mm -hmm. tasks those kind of things and how we can utilize that small period of time to our benefit to regulate our emotions to regulate our reactions and also how we kind of show up to our next meeting interaction etc so It's a bit of a game changer because once you sort of get into the practice of using it, it's really, really good at assisting you to kind of detach from what you've just experienced and get you prepared for your next activity. Also really, really useful to have that to facilitate that psychological detachment between Mm. work and home. So it uses three R's of reflect, rest and recalibrate. So in the first instance, you are reflecting on what's just happened, what went well, what could I improve on, what's one thing I actually achieved. (laughs) Then you do something restful that is a distraction from what you've just done. And that's very individual. It's very, you know, yours could be um, making a cup of tea, a coffee, or just walking around the the office, having a chat to someone. It could be a breathing exercise. It could Mm -hmm. be a meditation, looking out the window, whatever is kind of restorative and restful to to you as an individual and then you do the recalibration so it's thinking about 
how do I need to show up? How do I need to behave? How do I need to present myself? What characteristics do I need to kind of walk into the room with or, yeah. or, or present? So, and if you can think back to a time and an experience where you have shown up with those characteristics mm-hmm. as well, help you kind of emulate it in the moment as yeah. well. It's a confidence, it's kind of all encompassing because it's a, a confidence thing with regard to assisting you to regulate and yeah. show up as you need to. Sure. for your next interaction is helping you as I mentioned regulate your emotions yeah, and important. process what's happened to you and it's providing you with that restful yeah. snippet in your day um, I've been doing it for probably about four years now and I can do it really quickly Amazing. as you can imagine with me I'm doing a lot of one-to-one sessions yeah, or workshops be. and things like that so it's kind of like mm. jumping from one thing to the next so It takes sort of three to four minutes initially Mm -hmm. and then once you kind of get into the groove of it then Mm. it can it can happen quite quickly for you and can sort of feel the the change in emotion so yeah that's probably my kind of golden bullet go-to technique that's really useful and as I mentioned great for assisting with that role transition particularly for the psychological detachment between Work and home and home and work. Yeah. Coming to work. Yeah. If you've got stuff going on or whatever the, the situation Definitely. is. So it's kind of like saying, okay, well, I need to leave this at work, this mm-hmm. role. I need to show up as mum, dad, parent, you know, a pet owner. Yeah, <laughs> um, whatever it is. Whatever it is, me, yeah. and switch off from that. Yeah. So it's a great kind of technique to use at the end of the day or the start of the day. Nice. Yeah, because mm. I know that a lot of us, like even myself, I can get like quite consumed in you know, what happens here or vice versa. So it does happen that like I'll be talking about work quite a bit at home Mm -hmm. or um, sometimes I've been, I've known myself to have something happen at home that then, you know, lingers and comes here and I don't want that to happen. Mm. So definitely practicing that, you know, change up so that you're able to be present to whatever is showing up and that you're not, there was something I heard quite recently I think it was Gabor Mate that talked about being triggered and like being the being triggered is okay essentially but what ammunition are you carrying around so that when mm. that trigger does go off it's not so much the trigger it's yeah what you're holding on to that causes the explosion mm-hmm. um, and so being able to not hold on to things so tightly from one thing to the next definitely seems like a really good tool to be using it's the for me what I'm getting from that is the emotion piece. Yes. Not holding onto the emotions. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you're not carrying it. Yeah. From, you're not carrying that emotional burden from one interaction to the next to the next because you have to have that realization that emotions are contagious. Yeah. This isn't just negative emotions that we're talking about. Mm. So you need to think about it from the perspective of positive emotions sure. as well. Like if you're going to walk into a meeting mm. and be too. That can you, be just as bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It can have a really negative effect on mm. people if you're just too overwhelming for them. So yeah. you need to kind of keep that in check as well. So it's for Definitely. both positive and yeah, negative yeah. emotions. Yeah, yeah. I think we do, like when you think about emotions, you think just about, yeah, the negative, as you say, but being too over the top or too much, like not sort of reading the room and being like appropriate for that room can be yep. just as hard to deal with. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And in your space as a psychologist, is there a common or reoccurring affliction that you've seen And in your opinion, is there an effective tool to tackle it? Like what's something that people like, is there a common, you know, thing that people are challenged by? 
I would say if I can encapsulate, you know, lots of different issues, I think it kind of boils down to communication, uh, lack of. (laughs) And that can kind of manifest and materialise as frustrations, Mm. particularly in the workplace. But what it's, when you kind of tease it apart, it's really around people not being able to articulate themselves or not being able to assert themselves in certain Mm. ways. So we, in a lot of our training in a lot of my coaching focus in firstly on teaching what we call I statements Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's really around how to get your message across assertively and fairly um, and also creating empathy in the other person. That's important, yeah. Yeah, so that's something that I found is really useful in a lot of circumstances because people will think it's someone's behaviour or, you know, they're not following a process or there's whatever frustration but it's really around their inability to provide instructions Mm. or to tell people how they're feeling or what they're experiencing or what they want them to do differently. So the I statement kind of scaffold of how to get your message across Mm. is really, really useful. And it's basically you're sort of saying how you feel, what the person's behaviour is, what the effect that it has, and then what alternate behaviour or action that you want them to do. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds like a good sandwich sort of method so that yeah, you're not sort of going at it like loaded or the other person doesn't feel attacked, like it's just saying how it is. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. you can have – the opposite is you statements and that's where you're going in with Ooh. you're doing this, yeah. you're doing that. And the immediate effect on the other person is they feel threatened, mm. they'll stop listening to you. Yeah. So if you're going in with how I feel – this is what's happening for me, this is what I'm experiencing, then you are actually instigating an empathic response Mm -hmm. in them to assist them to listen to you at least in the first (laughs) instance. Try. And then talk about the behaviour and then talk about the effect that it's having. And if you want to create more empathy, you talk about, you kind of guess what the effect Mm. is on them as well and then you kind of negotiate some alternative actions or behaviours. So it's, it's a nice nice kind of succinct scaffold of getting your messaging across that gives people confidence to open up conversations Mm. and and express you know what's going on for them yeah so I think that's kind of that I mean there's lots of other things but I, I think in a lot of circumstances it boils down to that you know, we tend to want to pacify or, or not necessarily cause any conflict, but conflict yeah. can be good if used productively. Definitely. Mm. I 100% agree with you there. And last question, actually, to round out this episode with yourself. How do you manage your self-talk? So are we talking negative or positive? <laughs> uh, anything that sort of gets in your way really yeah 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 well there's there's a couple of techniques but the one that I use probably most frequently I was really fortunate to see Dr Helena Popovich talk a couple of years ago she's a medical doctor who kind of specializes in brain functioning and she introduced me to this idea of possibility thinking because in psychology there's a lot around positive thinking Mm. but the differential there is that Positive thinking is quite statement-based, whereas possibility thinking is using questions. Mm -hmm. So what she explained was when we do this, we're we're 
effectively utilising our subconscious mind to come up with the answer. So as a super, super simple example, you know, if you're sort of trying to tell yourself, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to have a good day, I'm going to have a great day today. That's all statements and they do have a positive impact and they do create a positive emotion, but it's quite short-lived. Whereas if you can use questions to say, well, how am I going to have a good day? Yeah. What am I going to do differently today? Who am I going to make happy that will in turn make me happy? Mm -hmm. And these questions are going to go on, you know, in the background and your brain's going to try and find the answer for you and seek that. And then that's going to kind of assist you with that kind of negative talk. Mm -hmm. So that's one one technique that I personally Mm -hmm. use a lot because it's sort of the, you can use the, I mean, to before that you can sort of acknowledge you know what's going on for you and and be aware of what you're thinking but that's kind of a way in which of seeking out the answers and seeking out the evidence for whatever is bothering you in that regard and there's a there's a couple of other things you can do with um worry time is another one yeah Um, yeah you've introduced me to that yeah, yeah yeah so worry time there's an app that's been developed by Reach Out, which is an Australian company. So if you want to use an app, you can. Yeah, but it's just a technique which is basically controlling your own thoughts yeah. and compartmentalising time where you can actually go there, be acceptant mm. and have a think and do some problem solving. I prefer to call it reframing time. To yeah, be yeah, worry more... time's a bit like yeah. you're already like sort of setting it to be that. Setting the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like, yeah, yeah. reframing time. So it's sort of saying to yourself, okay, I'm going to think about this issue at this time of the day for this length of time to come up with a solution or or to to come up with some resolution. And if it pops up during the day, you have to have that internal conversation of, I know you're there. I know you want to have a (laughs) chat, but we're going to talk at three. (laughs) Sit down. (laughs) Sit down, calm down. I'll get to you, but it's not right now because I'm a bit busy, whatever the situation. So worry time is really quite effective, particularly if you're someone who suffers anxiety and it can kind of manifest Mm. during the day. If you've got a lot of negative self-talk, that can be really, really, really useful technique to use. Uh, and then another one is a super simple one, which is saying out loud, stop it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So you literally verbalise, stop it, stop it, stop then it. Because I guess stop you're more it, aware, stop it, aren't stop you? It. Yeah. Well, yes, but the brain can't do two things at once. So unless mm. something is like highly, highly habitualised, you will be challenged to think a thought through mm. if you are verbalising a repetitive statement. Yeah. So it's used a lot in meditation as mantras and things like that. But it's really, (laughs) it's tricking the brain in a way that you cannot string a sentence together in your mind if you are saying something over and over and over. It's interesting that you say that too, like to interject, um, I don't understand people who like praise multitasking because that just goes to show you literally can't. Right. Like thinking and talking at the same time. We try to put that, you know, focus on just one thing at a time, like do one thing great at a time and then onto the next thing, onto the next thing. So I guess that kind of fits in the same way, I feel. It does, but there's some really interesting research about multitasking. I follow the podcast, the Huberman podcast. Yeah, I do actually too. Have you you, you listened to Dr. Andrew Huberman? So 
he's talked about some really interesting research mm. around multitasking because you're totally correct yeah. that we need to focus on one thing at a time to be able to do something with quality mm. and be, enable ourselves to concentrate. Yeah. But what he's saying is multitasking can be useful to enable and facilitate that. So okay. his his suggestion is that prior to you needing to sit down and write that report or yeah. whatever it is that you've got to focus in on, you do a bit of multitasking okay. so that you get that adrenaline going sure. and you get that cortisol going, which enables your body to be more alert to right. enable you to concentrate. Okay, okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's actually really cool because I haven't listened to that one, but that I guess that gives you the time and space to actually do that and yeah. then you go into your focus. Yep. So you Perfect. get that kind of, you know, because multitasking feels good because it feels <laughs> yeah. like you're, you're like, busy. I'm, I'm doing I'm heaps. doing, I'm doing yeah. this and I'm doing that. Yeah. So you get that Okay. and then you get the kind of right. chemical release from it as well yeah. that it, that will facilitate and enable yeah. you to do the concentrated piece of work. I like that you've mm. mentioned that. That's actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I just lied to you. That wasn't the last question. Oh. Uh, do one on the fly. And this, I promise, will be the last one. So we, as you know, have the wellness allowance that Tim, because he didn't want people to not do good things for themselves because of the financial factor. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want that to hold people back. So for full-time team members, they've got, as it stands, $1,000 a year, which renews on their Luxiversary date when they join the team. And they can use that Luxiversary on... Luxiversary Luxiversary, that's what oh, we call it. Like, we have our own language here. That's yeah. cool, that's cool. So... How can we help people to actually access that? Because there is quite a few people who still don't. I don't Mm -hmm. know whether it's like they feel bad or I don't know, like how can we, I don't know, motivate people to actually do that? like To use their funding? Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you give them some ideas on what they can use it for? Definitely. In the policy, like, you know, it's got wellness, cooking classes, art classes, you know, fitness, whatever it is. Like Mm. it does have to fit into a criteria of, you know, being a better version of yourself. But yeah, there's still some people that... So no pressure. I mean, (laughs) I guess yes and no. Maybe some people feel like it is a bit much. I don't know. Yeah. So how can we bring it down a bit? Yeah, I think providing examples of what people have actually used it for and what they experienced as a result of it. So it could be in line with one of their goals that they were trying to achieve. So wanting to, you know, learn how to cook more healthier food. It could be that they just want to have some different experiences and do something a little bit different. Sure, it doesn't have to be like a... You want, I want to achieve this or whatever. No, yeah. exactly. And getting them to talk about the experience mm. and how it made them feel and mm. then the reflection of it and what they've kind Love of learnt from it afterwards will engage people in the process of kind yeah. of doing it for themselves because they'll get an understanding of the benefits. Correct. Because they're hearing it from a colleague. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I actually really love that. I think that will create some awesome content, you know, involving the people who have used it just to give their authentic experience yeah. and, yeah, just totally. to share it with the team. Totally. Oh, thank you for answering that one on the fly. I know it wasn't on the agenda, but (laughs) you have some beautiful ideas. So thanks again. Pleasure. It was lovely to have you. Hopefully you'll come on again in the future. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Thanks. All right. See you later. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Great Conversation, brought to you by Lux's Greats. We hope you gain some valuable insights that you can implement into your personal and professional life. Please share this episode with others who you think may be interested in this topic. If there's something you'd like covered in future episodes, drop us a line in the comment section or send us a message on social media. To stay up to date with new episodes and to help support One Great Conversation, please subscribe or follow us on your favourite streaming platform.